Hello everyone, welcome to the Forest Stevens Show. I'm really hoping that I'm in focus for the uh, video watchers out there. This is a new lens and I don't have my uh, monitor set up so I can't see what it looks like. Hopefully it looks okay. Uh, so right now I'm actually parked in the middle of downtown Calgary and I'm waiting for Emily. She's got this appointment here and basically um, I'm a day late on this pod. You know, last pod I said that I was gonna do this every single Friday and I've just been driving. Yesterday, I mean, we were driving through the, um, what is it, the Coquihalla Pass in British Columbia. You guys should Google that if you don't know about it. It's basically the steepest pass. Then we did the Rogers Pass, and um, it was a lot of just literally going between 20 and 40 kilometers an hour uphill, hazards on in the right-hand lane with every single other vehicle passing us um, you can't see it but right in front of me to my right i have we have like a barrier built up and we have stacked a bunch of stuff in the motorhome in the back here you might be able to see that although hopefully you can't we have things um, to even out the weight we have some things on top of our bed and this is all stuff from our storage unit in bc and from my mom's cabin which we cleaned out before we left to help with uh, basically my, my sister and my, um, my brother-in-law are looking after that. So we did as much as we could before we left. Um, definitely still dealing, like on a personal note, dealing with the grieving process of losing my mom. Um, she was such a big part of my life and she was like my biggest fan for every single thing that I did. Um, my brother summed it up really well when he said that whether it's good news or bad news, the first person that I want to tell is mom. And it, it's exactly how I feel. Um, there's been a bunch of different times where I've been like, oh, I can't wait to tell mom about this, or she would really appreciate this, or think this is funny. And there's just nothing I can do with that anymore. Um, there's also been a lot of time just kind of like driving. And driving is an interesting space because you do get into that flow moment where you're just kind of existing and you're you're acting and you're not having to pay attention to every single little thing that you do and so there's some gap in there where your mind can rest and settle and some deeper thoughts that you might have just ignored whether consciously ignored or not consciously ignored will pop up and that's what's been happening for me on this drive is I've noticed that I've had a couple sad thoughts about losing my mom and this is the first time I mean definitely I grieved a lot of sadness immediately when she passed away um, but then I started kind of going through the five stages of grief and you know some people say there's more than five but the five um, that simplify it all is denial anger bargaining, sadness, and acceptance, I believe. Um, and denial is an easy one. Denial doesn't come in as, uh, as conscious as being like, oh, this didn't happen. I don't believe this happened. It's not, as, it's not as concrete as that, and neither is bargaining. I mean, these are broad definitions. Denial happens as much as just being like, oh, it feels like nothing's changed. Um, denial can happen as, as a feeling, uh, not as a conscious 
decision of denying something. Um, then I've had anger. I've had anger that I've had anger that I've had anger at other people's grief. Um, I've had anger at my own grief. I've had anger at the the idea that she's gone. I've had anger that I've had anger at her actually being why couldn't you have gotten through this? Um, these are feelings, you know, we don't choose our feelings, they come up. These are not things I'm, these feelings aren't what I'm proud of, of uh, feeling, uh, they just exist. Uh, the other, and then bargaining, bargaining is, um, bargaining can be as simple as before you've actually accepted it as just being like, oh, it's okay, it's okay that she's gone. And just saying that and trying to make yourself feel that way that's bargaining. That's bargaining with yourself. Um, so I've definitely done that a lot. Um, and these, these five stages, they, they come and they go. And as much as I felt sadness immediately, I, uh, I felt those other three definitely much more, um, after that. And then I felt, uh, I felt sadness the past couple days. And I've been letting that sink in and I've been allowing that to be a feeling just as much as anger, just as much as denial, just as much as bargaining. And through sadness comes the ability to fully express the grief and therefore have the acceptance on the other side of it. Um, and I hope that's <clears throat> where I'm heading. Uh, grieving is not a, a fun thing to be doing. Um, it's not something I wish upon anybody. It's just something that you have to go through when you lose something. So I've, uh, yeah, so we've been driving, uh, it's middle of August, August 13th. Um, and I'm on my way home. I'm so thankful. Uh, possibly I'm going to be getting into the most boring podcast topic ever right now but I'll just mention it it is so hot it is about 35 degrees um, yesterday today it's 32 um, and inside here it's very hard to keep it cool we have a lot of windows and we're in the prairies now um, and when we're driving there's no shelter from that we don't have any AC we have a ceiling vent and uh, it's not a great one and it was, we, we experienced this crazy thunderstorm last night and at first we were so relieved at the rain because we, we figured it would bring some, some cooling down, you know, just from the effect of water, the act of water evaporating after it rained will lower the temperature and increase the humidity, but lower the temperature. But we had to shut everything because it was raining so hard that rain was getting in through our windows and screens splashing on our roof and then going into our vent and dripping down and so we just had to shut everything and the, it wasn't cooler well while it was thunderstorming it was just as hot and yet and then we had no um, relief from it so this is the part of van life that people uh, don't share because it's not it's in the in-between it's it's a bunch of things actually. There's a lot of reasons that people don't share certain things during their travel experience. For one, it's hard to capture it. 
and it's hard and then it's hard to convey it in an interesting way and then also it's a minor inconvenience in the grand scheme of things so it's not a big enough tragedy to build any content around it um i'm actually so sick of van life content oh my god like you get more boring than posting about van living in a van um <laughs> that being said the other thing that i have been allotted because of the uh, um the time to to be in that flow state of driving has been the the ability to think of what i want to do creatively this is one of them and the van life podcast is one of them and i know i just said uh how uninteresting living a van is but the van life podcast is not directed to it's not about living in a van necessarily i mean okay it does it's not van life content it's about the person who lives in the van it's the story of that and it's the story of how somebody ends up living in a van and how they do it effectively and why and I think that is actually valuable. Um, I think I have I have grown um, in a way where I've fully recognized and realized why vlogging will never work for me to do, and why I shouldn't do it again. Um, I, however, the only reason I still like vlogging and I, I haven't vlogged in forever um, since for about three or four months and I did a couple vlogs along this trip uh, which I might still release but the reason that I don't like vlogs is because I find them incredibly uninteresting and the reason I don't think I can vlog is because I can't bring enough energy into a day um, maybe i could do weekly episodes monthly episodes something like that and that's what i was focusing on on this trip um was doing it really intentional and doing and recording only when it was purposeful um, which i think is really really important for vlogging i mean we don't need like <clears throat> i was thinking about this yesterday i, I know this is this is really I'm, I'm i'm just trying to get my thoughts together here so bear with me but um, I was thinking about how entertainment changes and how what we view as entertainment changes as people and as society and as generations. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, once again, to just fill the time while driving. One of those podcasts that I've been listening to is WTF with Mark Marin, and he talks with a lot of comedians. Um, he talks with generally just an older generation than the generation I'm in. And that generation had something called the Johnny Carson show, which basically turned into David Letterman, which turned into Jimmy Fallon. And we can see the trajectory of entertainment changing just based on that trajectory right there, where Johnny Carson, if you got on there as a comedian at one point, you were guaranteed a certain amount of viewership that would launch your career basically especially if you did well especially if you got called to the couch and talked to the host then that sort of began to wane a little bit and 
basically now we have Jimmy Fallon where if you go on there as a comedian or as anyone, it makes this little little blip in Google Trends for, for who you are. It is, um, it's not nothing, but it's not a lot. It's not definitely not what it was. And that's not because of anything but the value of what is entertaining to the public changing. Um, there was competition for, I mean, there wasn't necessarily as much competition, but there were other shows. There were other, you know, the Dean Martin show. Um, it's literally the only one I can think of, but there was a, a bunch of different other shows. Um, you know, there wasn't YouTube, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't a billion different streaming platforms. And all of that has changed the what we value. And so we're not forced to only have one type of content to digest and one host or one show. Now we have podcasts and they're all video podcasts now. So we can, we can end up watching, oh, I'm a, I'm a fan of this show and this show. And this is the content I consume. This is what I find entertaining for these reasons, whether it's educational or comedic or whatever. Um, and so there's a lot of different reasons why entertainment has changed, but we can even look at something as simple as TikTok, right? TikTok has become something that is very entertaining to a certain demographic of people. And it's people who allow things and actually enjoy at some respect to get things stuck in their head because the, the, the way that TikTok works is it's a loop. And it's what happens within that loop that hooks you into rewatching that loop or to share that loop or to tell a friend about that loop or to tell, and, and it becomes a meme that's spreadable. And then it becomes replicatable. And literally the, the music, the, the music clips in there, you know, it's a clipped part of a song that's in that becomes like a virus and it infects you and it loops within your own head. It gets stuck in your head. And then that reminds you of that TikTok. Um, it's, it's born, the format is born to be addictive. Uh, there's people who will see that and say, this isn't for me, dog. And that's me. I, I look at that and I say, I don't give a fuck if one of these can make me laugh. 99 of them will make me sick to my stomach. So that's how I feel about TikTok. However, it's, it's, that's what people are finding entertaining. Um, and entertainment is constantly changing. It is not as simple as TV or movies will always be king. And we can see this as people's interests begin to shift and change. And TikTok will not always be king or the rising star. There will be something that people, people will get over that part of it and they, they will want something different. And that is what is entertaining is variety. That's why people have created television shows that are literally called variety shows where they offer a variety of different entertainment. 
within the show. Um, and basically, this comes back to the idea of vlogging for me. And vlogging hit its peak at the midst of Casey Neistat. And a bunch of people continue to vlog, and a bunch of people continue to gain an audience vlogging. However, it is an extremely limited form of sharing entertainment, of creating entertainment. How many entertaining things can happen in a day? And how many of those are visually entertaining or audio-wise entertaining? Um, it, for most people, it's very little. And if you actually look back and watch some of Casey Neistat's vlogs, you'll recognize and realize, if you looked objectively, that what he's doing is extremely boring. And yet, he makes it captivating because he forces it to be. By the way he edits, by the way he films, by the way he communicates. But, honestly, it gets old very, very quickly. And that's the truth of almost every entertainment, is it relatively gets old very, very quickly. I mean, painting on walls for cavemen probably got boring at some point. Um, and I'll tell you what the most entertaining thing is. However, it also requires the most effort, has the highest risk, and the most probability for pain. But the most entertaining thing is living a life and actually going and doing something outside with other people. Um, it's, like, it's like watching comedy. It's like watching a stand-up comedy compared to going out and being in a crowd of other people laughing. It's like watching something on your phone or going to a movie theater and experiencing it with other people. Um, there's this elevation that happens uh, through us being a certain type of species who enjoys community. Even if you feel like a loner, there's something about the energy of other people that elevates things. We need to get back out there. It, you know, the pandemic is over. The lockdowns are over. There might be something else happening. And I think that there probably will be as this world continues. So get out there now and enjoy the world and what it has to offer. And I preface this all with saying that there are problems with living in this world um, and being out in this world. There are, there are consequences and you're rolling the dice and possibly inflicting pain upon yourself by, do, by taking a risk. But every single thing that you do is a risk. Staying at home is a risk. The reward and the risk is just lower. We need to, we all need to be a little more active. And this goes out to the internet. This goes out to people who put earphones in and listen to something and go onto YouTube and find something that's 30 minutes, an hour long and will actually watch and listen to it. This goes out to people who value a lower risk, lower entertainment medium, um, as I do. I value a variety of things because a, a, vari a, a varied life is an interesting one. It's full of 
entertainment and it's just a full life that's what it is it's an interesting life it's a full life and it's a fun life and we need to get out there and live and now is our opportunity no matter what age you are you can get out to something and no matter where you are you might think that you're stuck doing something um, because your interests are narrowed based on what you've experienced and you're not allowing yourself to be open to whatever else is new. For instance, I live rurally and I live where there's a lot of older folks and there just literally isn't a lot to do. However, and this is, this is really crazy because this seems like something that you should only do if you're 60 plus. I'm going to join a pickleball group and pickleball is like this sport that has really taken off in, in a, a more older, uh, demographic. And that's because it's kind of, it's, uh, not as strenuous as like tennis. Um, but it's a lot of fun actually. And you kind of, I had an idea of what it was and I thought, oh, this is kind of lame. Um, I don't want to be playing with a bunch of old folks. Uh, you know, I'd much rather, <laughs> I don't know, do rock climbing, which is still a possibility. I might find somebody to rock climb with, um, you know, something like that. But this is a group activity where it's like, oh, it's like this. Okay. If you're playing a video game, you have this little controller and you have this TV that's far away from you, or even if you're in VR, and there's these animated things kind of coming towards you, whether it's an enemy and you have a, a gun and you're shooting them, there's bullets flying at you, there's, there's alerts that happen on the screen, and that's all great. But if you get out there and actually play a sport, for instance, pickleball, you actually have to hit it and it comes in and it spins and you hit it back and if you get a shot back or if it comes right at you and you block it and you hit it down, you spike it down, these are all sensory things that are happening that are replicated in video games. This is a real life game versus a video game. And a lot of us have just become accustomed to thinking that video games are very entertaining and they're very fun, but they don't compete whatsoever to real life games. And I know there's a lot of people who aren't physically able, but we, a lot of us can become more physically able and get to a point where we can do things. Um, so this is all to say that I'm getting into pickleball, <laughs> plan to buy a couple rackets and join a community where I'm from or where I live, I guess, not where I'm from, where I live, meeting some people and, and that playing and having that sensory thing happen. Um, it just is very difficult to replicate into a video game. I mean, they're trying, they're trying very hard. And I'm sure, you know, they, there's probably a VR pickleball thing, but it's like, you know, it's just, it's just not the same. And one day probably will be, but until then we need to live in this world because this world is better than the graphics are better. The, the world, the community, the people, everything is better in the real world than the virtual one. And I've talked about this, I think, a, a lot on other pod, or on my other episodes of podcasts, but we care for what we care for. And that means 
to, to broaden that definition out. It means we care for the, like, you know, if we play soccer, if we care for soccer, then we will look after the soccer field. And if we care for hikes in nature, then we will care for nature. And if we care about getting food delivered to our house and living in a virtual world, then we will care for that and we will actually neglect other things that are important to facilitate that. That food has to come from somewhere, that electricity has to come from somewhere, and all of that has consequences. And basically, the consequences of living a modern life is the death and decay of the world that we exist in for ourselves and for the future. And um, I'm not willing to I'm not willing to give up the care I have for the world around me. So thanks everyone for listening to this. If you're interested in supporting this show, Patreon goes a long way. Uh, and there's a bonus episode every single month on there, as well as uh, it'll be sort of a Q&A based for a little while or every once in a while. So post your questions if you're on Patreon. Um, and uh, Discord as well. You can post questions through there. And uh, yeah, you know, hope to get this out every single Friday from now on. So thanks everybody for watching and listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.